Hey guys, welcome back to the Wisdom and Stuff podcast. I'm your host, Daryl Boucher, and this is where we cut through the Christianese and tradition-based thoughts that hinder us from the limitless lifestyles that we as actual children of God are designed to walk in. So let's go ahead and dive into the Word and see what the Holy Spirit has for us today. Okay, welcome back. Okay, this is number four of uh, talking with, with Amy. Welcome, Amy. Thank you. And we are continuing to talk about stewardship and the blessing, yes. uh, one of the things that is massively passionate to her. And yes. so uh, uh, so we're trying to keep her contained a little bit. You haven't seen uh, all of the hand gestures and over the, here. Uh, the gymnastics going on. Um, as That's it, actually true. <laughs> but uh, no, this is how we should be, though. This is good. Because um, we should be passionate about the Word, about obviously about the Word of God, about something. Um, the, the world tries to sap our passion. And so... So, right. So God is a passionate God. He uh, doesn't care for lukewarmness, I don't think. He, <laughs> I, I think, think he so. says something about that <laughs> particularly. Anyway, but uh, <laughs> something about vomit. I'm not sure what it is. Anyway, but we'll go on. Um, <laughs> so um, so we're, we're getting to stewardship. And uh, so we, what today we want to talk about is, is uh, I think we want to get into a little bit of really what does... Uh, the definition of stewardship really mean and uh, and kind of the steps and how do we start walking that out um, but uh, I think today we're mostly going to get into um, the definition of yes. it and a little bit more clarity on that and def- and distinguish that from what uh, once again what most people think it is mm. that's something that I've had to come to a lot in my in my Christianity is there is not one word that is properly defined by the world. Um, God has a different definition for every word. He has a higher thought and a higher definition for every word. And so I have to go to him for that definition. And if I'm not doing that, then I'm bringing a corrupted form of the definition into something that God designed to be holy. And so I'm bringing a corrupted definition, which means that my expectations, my assumptions, my relationships with that are going to be corrupted in in essence because my definition is wrong. And so... um, so we're gonna get into that. That's perfect. <laughs> so, uh, uh, so yeah. So uh, I better not get it wrong. <laughs> don't get it wrong, or else you know. So, um, no. So with that, let's just define stewardship sure. a little bit. Go ahead, Amy. What, what yeah. do you think about that? Well, for me, um, the key to stewarding is to identify with a resource. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that has always been the principle that I've lived by when it comes to stewardship and stewarding the blessing and stewarding resources from heaven. I've always had to take this approach of, of identifying as a, like a, a carrier or like a distributor mm-hmm. of heaven's resources. Okay. So yeah. that has really shifted. That definition shifted so much for me. I mean, growing up, I never heard that word hardly. Yeah. I didn't know what it meant. I thought it meant to be like a good babysitter yeah, and exactly. you know, like a yeah. good supervisor yeah. of something. And then when I decided that no i i'm a carrier of the resource and and um and i am not limited in that resource that resource is limitless and yes. so i can yes. just faithfully steward that through my heart yeah um rather than babysitting it and making sure it doesn't get out of control and making sure like it it only goes to certain people it's like well it's limitless and so the key for me has always been to identify myself with the resource of heaven and that it is a um just this limitless supply of resources constantly flowing through from heaven through me into the earth. Yeah, that's good. 
and I think that really hits on some really key points because uh, obviously, you know, when I got saved, uh, I started hearing about stewardship pretty quickly, but not in the right context. Mm-hmm. And so I, I got uh, a very, very, um, uh, for better use for a better word, a just religious concept of stewardship, a very earth earthly concept of stewardship. And um, and honestly, like uh, I like how you put it, like as a babysitter or a supervisor, it really goes to a maintenance mentality yeah. where you're maintaining something. Right. And 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 there was like to me how it was taught. Um, it was they were using scripture, but they were using scripture wrong. And so it was like, oh, well, you better steward correctly, or yeah. else, you know, it's like almost like God has entrusted us with something, That's and if big. we don't pass the test, then you know we're going to be judged, and we're not going to get any more because Huge. of all. And honestly, I still hear that implied a lot, mm-hmm. and uh, and we need to realize I don't I don't see that in the character of God, and uh, and he ultimately want I'm made in his likeness his image mm. so therefore I'm particular of his divine nature and therefore that if it's not in his character it shouldn't be in my character wow. nor in my That's relationship good. toward anything uh-huh. and so I see God where he says he makes it rain on the just and the unjust mm. interesting point to me that he apparently doesn't care about how just somebody is before he rains on them wow that doesn't sound like somebody who's 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 maintaining in a conservation mentality mm-hmm. of only make sure you give to the right person. Yes, you know, and and it's like he he let's say he liberally it says he liberally gives to all men and abrades not. Well, it sounds like he's liberal then. So he's not picking and choosing and making sure that his investments are only going here and there. You know what I'm saying? It's like he's not, he's not, it doesn't mean he's foolish. Mm-hmm. It just means he's liberal. That's it good. means that he is, he, he understands limitlessness to the point where he's not afraid of anything. Mm-hmm. God has no fear at all. And so if I'm, if I'm teaching stewardship from, you know, Matthew 15, which is the parable of the talents, which is a great parable, you know, it's like, uh, was it 15 might be 18 anyway I might have to look it up but anyway um, but I might have that wrong but anyway but it's still the parable of the talents uh, in, in in Matthew and in Luke when you see that it's a great parable and we can get a lot out of that but I think what we've what the world and religion has gotten out of it is be afraid of making a mistake right and so they they teach that as stewardship right like oh look the unjust steward mm. you know blah 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 but it's like yeah but his only problem was he was in a maintenance mentality right he maintained yeah that's right so that his that was what his problem was. Yeah. His problem was not he didn't lose anything in in his actions before the master came back. He literally gave the master back exactly what he had get, wow. been given. He didn't lose anything. So he maintained perfectly. He was a per, perfect maintenance guy. And yet God calls that unjust. And God's like, "No, you are evil to me. Get him away from me." Because uh, now now he came expecting the reward. He said, look, here is exactly what you've given to me. His expectation was not judgment, so his understanding of God's heart was wrong. And 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 he he displayed that understanding through maintenance. And so now the other two who were called faithful and just, they risked. They literally risked it all. They like, hey, here, you gave me five, here's five more. I risked it all. I, I just went and I bought and I sold and I risked it. I put it into the system. And I, I realized I had now they, they were not they they these two these servants, none of them had the experience to buy and sell. 
They were not buying and selling any time at all until now. But God looked at their uh, their, their ability inwardly, and he gave to them, a set to, according to several ability, and he said, I know you have the ability to buy and sell, not the experience, but the ability, and so now you're a just steward because you 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 got it out there and you began to to buy and sell. And so anyway, maintenance mentality versus investment mentality. And and the good and faithful stewards were the ones who invested and, and got it all out there and just kept pouring and pouring and pouring. And we're, we're, we're not afraid of loss. And uh, and the guy who was afraid of loss was the guy who lost everything. So that's anyway. an excellent illustration um, and really, really defines for me uh, what stewardship looks like in a very natural way and what we should be doing and uh, investment mentality versus maintenance mentality. Um, And also knowing that, okay, so something I've heard a lot from people when they talk about stewardship is kind of just going back to what you were saying about like we're afraid to lose um, something that God gave us if we're not faithful with it. And so that's something that's woven through stewardship teaching a lot Mm -hmm. is that if I'm not faithful with this, then I'm, then God's not going to give me anything else. And, um, I've learned that through, um, like you said, taking risks and pouring out more that, um, the more aware of the limitless supply that I have. And I'm like, Oh, by, by pouring out, I'm aware that this is a limitless supply. Yeah. There's actually no end. And Mm -hmm. so it, God's not God is not um, holding back on the supply because of my good works or my behavior or how well that I steward. (laughs) I mean, the more I pour out, the more aware of the resource that I am. And so um, I love that. Yeah. And I mean, with that, I think it's, I think that, like I said, God has established it pretty clearly that He, um, He's not looking for the perfect place. to uh to pour out because he poured out on me when i was yet a sinner amen and so uh you know he literally gave himself he gave all of him to me and i was a sinner i was darkness yeah i literally was the enemy of god all all mistakes yeah (laughs) yeah i had nothing good going (laughs) on all his eggs were in your basket yeah (laughs) and he just i had nothing good going on at all i was only darkness and he goes that's exactly where i want to sow well that's interesting to me you know it's like he wow (laughs) he he has he he's never been one to fear loss because he doesn't know what loss is. There is no loss in the kingdom, and so he because when you're limitless, there is no loss. There can be no loss, and it doesn't mean that we're foolish. But I think that I think that the um, the 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 fear of the mistakes and the fear of foolishness and the fear of loss and lack has kept people from actually walking into what stewardship is. Wow! And it's like stewardship has no fear tied to it. Wow! Because you're blessed. Mm-hmm. And so Abraham was a steward, and uh, he was a steward of the blessing, and he knew that he was stewarding something that was limitless. Mm-hmm. And when you're stewarding something limitless, well, then then uh, uh, risk takes on a different definition. Wow. Because if you only have $20, then risking 15 or 18 or 19 or whatever sounds like a lot. I mean, that's, that, that's a big percentage. But if you have $20 million, that's then right. the same 15 or $18 is not risk. Yeah. Because you have, well, the supply is much greater. The supply defines the risk is what I'm saying. And so our understanding that God is limitless in supply should de- redefine our definition of risk and loss and, and mistakes and all that stuff because God's not worried about it. He literally it says he makes it rain on just the unjust. It's good. And he pours out liberally and it rains not. And um, and so learning how to steward, though, I, that, I just love the fact that, that we can differentiate and distinguish what true stewardship is 
versus what maybe has been taught for so many years. Right. And that actually held people back from actual stewardship because yeah. they're still walking in fear. Yeah. And I noticed that something, when I'm talking about stewardship with people and limitless supply, a question mm. I get asked a lot is, but I don't have $20 million. So what do I, how am I supposed to steward $20 million? Yeah, if yeah. I don't have to? Right. And that's what I want to um, kind of bridge the gap because um, we are stewarding God's limitless supply. And, um, and uh, a lot, oftentimes we limit what we can steward by what we think we have right. naturally. That's good. And so um, people feel limited in what they can steward because they don't believe or they don't feel or think that they actually have resource. And so they start they start stewarding from their own supply. They say, I have $5, I'm going to steward my $5. But they're not going to God and asking What's available for yes. for me? Yes, good. What it, what yeah. really is available for me to steward heaven and earth? And are we actually um, drawing the resources from heaven out of our heart and yeah. asking God what is available for us to steward? Or are we stewarding from what's in our bank account or, or what we believe that we have access to? That's really good. That's huge because people do definitely limit their activity to what they have naturally yeah. instead of realizing that when we tap into the the heavenly resource we have that will change the natural resource that we have access to and uh and it's 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 just understanding that there there is there is heavenly resource and that is more tangible than earthly resource yeah. and w- instead of Instead of relegating, um, uh, you know, most of the time people, even even people who love God, people who, you know, I'm not talking about, you know, they're not even religious or whatever, but they love, they genuinely love God, we still have a tendency to relegate heavenly resource to fantasy. Mm-hmm. And um, and we leave it in that realm of of something that, that because it's in the unseen realm, it can never make its way into the seen realm. Like there's some kind of a gap between the unseen and the seen. Yeah. When honestly, when Jesus said, pray thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as in heaven, he's literally saying, you're the bridge. You are the bridge from the unseen to the seen. And it's like, you know, I'm here on this earth to be the bridge. You know, and if we're asking for God to build the bridge, he goes, I did, I put you here. You know, it's like, <laughs> I'm the bridge where I was like, I have access to heaven. I'm seen with him in heavenly places. And I have a, I have a human body on this earth. Not that limits God, but is the, is the conduit of God. And, um, and so, you know, he, he literally has, has put this, this, this treasure in earthen vessels and said, okay, I've, I've filled you up. I've given you all things that pertain to life. I put my spirit in you. You are my, you're the temple of the Holy Spirit. I recreated you in my likes and my image. Now bridge the gap. Wow. Let heaven come in through you. And so even, you know, like you said, it, you, know, you may not have right now the financial resource or something like that to give, but at the same time, it's a matter of, I have I have the love of God shed abroad in my heart. Mm-hmm. I literally have it shed abroad in my heart. There's nothing greater than the love of God, and that is a tangible thing. Where I you know I even the other day when I was uh, just it was the other night it was maybe a week ago or whatever and I was just sitting there and praying and uh, and it would just hit me to such a degree I began to cry because I realized how what a gift it is to love people mm-hmm. and that somebody can know that they're loved. That's right. They can literally walk away from me knowing how loved they are. That's right. They can walk away knowing that God loves them and I love them, but they can, there's nothing, everybody on the planet wants to know they're loved. Yeah. That's all they ever want. Yeah. And the fact that I can do that, <laughs> good night. I mean, I, I was, I was crying because I'm like, Lord, what a gift this is. Yeah. I used to think of love as a requirement. Yeah. 
I used to think of love like, well, I, I guess I got to love people. Right. You know, and uh, instead of stewarding it, wow. instead of realizing I'm one with love, mm. this is not something I have to do. This is something that literally is a gift that I get to allow the expression of God into somebody's life mm-hmm. and I get to love them. Yeah. And I get to, I get to sow mercy and kindness. Yeah. I get to slow, sow, sow the fruit of the spirit, which is the love of God into their life. That's so good. And man, to steward that, yeah. to literally, and, and, and to me, it's like, um, uh, okay, like it, with uh, me, Matthew 25 is the parable of the talents. I, I know I had that wrong. Anyway, Matthew 25 is the parable of the talents. But after the parable of the talents, you know, Jesus, he, he, he recites the whole parable, teaches the whole parable, and then he doesn't skip a beat. And he's, he does not change thought at all, even though people stop there. But he goes, and. So it's, it's the same conjunctive thought. He goes, and when the Son of Man comes... He's going to separate the goats from the sheep, and he's going to say, and he goes, and many will come saying, "Didn't I do all these things?" He's like, "No, no, wait a minute." He goes, "When you did to the least of these, you did to me." Wow. And uh, and so he's talking about the parable of the talents, yep. and then he says, "And in the same breath, in the same breath, the the people who are sowing into the least of these, those are the ones who are good stewards." It's amazing. And if you want to steward, steward in the least of them. Steward in the people around you. Steward the love of God. Steward steward peace into people. Give them mercy. Give them kindness. And Jesus says, this is how you're a faithful steward. And you and you do it liberally. Wow. Not with a maintenance mentality of saying, but if I give that away, I might be hurt. Yeah. If I give my love, I might I might not get it back. Mm. If I give this, I, I won't get it reciprocated. Mm. You see, that's the maintenance mentality. That's the one who buried it in his own heart and said, in the earth, he buried it. And then when he when he showed, when the master shows up, he goes, look, here's what you gave me. Wow. And, uh, and he goes, oh, I expected that to get bigger. Oh. I expected that to be bigger. I expected that to be multiplied in the people around you. And uh, so anyway, that's just a whole other thing. But yeah. but this is stewardship, yeah, but, right. but it's not that's about right. the physical resource. Yeah. It's about the tangible heaven coming through us into the earth. Exactly. So, yeah, it's all about identity, all about seeing yourself. I loved, loved so much what you said about us being the bridge, that uh, a lot of people just feel very afraid of of actually saying, I am one with this, uh, from what I've seen. I, I'm talking to people. They're like, well, am I allowed? Yeah. Am I allowed to <laughs> I say that yeah, I'm I one with love and that I'm waiting, one wait, with... Waiting for lightning to come down and strike him. <laughs> yeah. Like, God's like, how dare you? Take my glory. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, and I'm yeah. thinking, well, that's, that's yeah. how it's getting into the earth. You're the bridge. And it's one thing to say, God, I need a bridge. Yeah. Give me a bridge. Give me what I need and show me how I can do this or give me a bridge so that I can whatever. But, and God is saying, you're the bridge. bridge. And that's what I am referring to a lot when I say that I'm one with the blessing. I'm saying that it passes right through me and um, it's not going to get there um, any other way. Like I have to actually say, no, this is going to flow through me, um, through the nature of God on the inside of me for the people around me. And unless I do that, how else is it going to get there? (laughs) It's like asking God to water the seed when he's given you the watering pot. You know, it's like praying for rain, but then he's given you the resource of water to go water it. It's the difference. It, that that's the difference of stewardship to me is, is that maintaining mentality and the ownership mentality, praying and praying and praying for the rain versus you going out and watering it yourself. It's like, well, it's going to happen through me and God wants to use us. And that's part of the, honestly, such a huge, huge bonus (laughs) of the blessing is this partnership you have with God. That's the huge, that has just increased me in so many ways. And I've gone so, so much closer to God, um, because he has allowed me to partner with him to carry out his will in the earth. And that's just, that's mind blowing to me. It is. And at the same time, I think one thing that holds people back from true stewardship is they still think of themselves as an employee. Yeah. You know, and so they have this employee mentality where it's like, oh, I'm just working for God. Yeah. No, 
you're working with him, but you're not working for him. You know, you're his child. You know, so so instead of thinking of yourself as as a, a employee or as a um, uh, like a almost like a troubled child, you know, it's like we we I remember the one day when the Lord asked me, he goes, "What kind of child are you to me?" And I had to really think about that, going, "Well, do I look at myself as the child that's always in trouble? Do I look at myself as the one who always needs bailed out? Do I look at myself as the one who he puts up with? Do I look at myself as, as, as myself as the one who he just kind of has pity on all the time because I'm I'm the one that's just not quite all there all the time, you know, or Am I the apple of his eye? You know, am I the one that, and, and we should all look at ourselves this way, you know, realizing that we are not anything but what he calls mm. us. And he calls us fearfully and wonderfully made. And he calls us his likeness, and his image. He calls us things. And, and, and knowing that I have the, I have the, it's, it's, it's I, I deserve what he's called me to be. Right. I deserve to be a mm-hmm. steward. Amen. You know, it is not an act of pity on me. He literally designed me to walk and rule and reign with him forever and ever and ever. That's right. So in a billion years from now, I'm still going to be ruling and reigning. He That's just right. wants me to start here. Yeah. And, and kings, you know, kings and priests on the earth. And so it's like a king doesn't ever have to get up and ask somebody to do something for them in the way of like, oh, I wish this would change. Yeah. No, the king is the agent of that change. Amen. The king looks mm-hmm. and says, oh, I'm here to distribute resource to help people. And I'm here to expand a kingdom that I have govern- governorship over. And I'm here to literally distribute resource that I take ownership of. That's what kings do every day. And so kings get up and don't say, man, I, I really wish this would change today. No, you are the agent of that change. And yet we do it, we don't do it absent of God. We do it by the hand of God. We do it with cooperation with God. We do it by surrender to God. But still we have to take that, we have to take ownership of being kings and priests on the earth. Yeah, that's and, exactly uh, right. And and realizing kings, they they number one, they're born into it. They're not elected. <laughs> you know, yeah. They're born into it. They don't get there by merit. They get there by bloodline. Mm-hmm. And they rule and reign uh, by the words of their mouth and uh, by the authority that they're, that's given to them. And they do it by through distributing resource. Yeah. And I think I think there's just God doesn't want us to be uh, insecure kings. Yeah, it's good. You know? I love what you're saying about um, wanting change. And then being the agent of that change. And oftentimes in our prayer life or in our stewardship life, we're often um, asking for change. And and rightfully so. I mean, things need to change. We need to walk in healing. We need to walk right. in abundance. We need to be seeing less need and lack. And so we're crying out for change. We're crying out for God to change our circumstances all the time. And he's given us the resources to do that. And so um, part of stewardship is saying, I am the agent that's going to make this change happen. And um, through me, it'll happen. Through um, me humbling myself to the resources of heaven, this will change. And that's that's the identity shift where you say, I'm no longer waiting for something to happen. I am the king commanding this to change. And then then you see that partnership with God and you Mm -hmm. see him using you as that agent of change. And so no longer are you waiting for things to happen in your life. You're no longer waiting for things to change, relationships to change your finances to change, you are actually the agent of change and you are you are allowing the heaven to affect those things through you. It's just amazing. I, th- I think one of the distinctions with that is, because people can get, obviously the ditch of pride is always there when, yeah. when you begin to take authority, uh, but I think where, where that can be um, I guess just the, where the lines can be drawn in that and you can keep yourself you know, in check on that is understanding that there's, there's two words that, that I think need, need distinction. One is because and, and the other one is through. And so it's like, in other words, 
change th- change happens because of God, but it happens through me. Wow. It doesn't happen because of me. Wow. It happens because of God. Okay. You understand? And so pride says it's because of me. It is not because of you. That's right. It's because of God. That's good. And so I humble myself to the mighty hand of God. Mm. He is God. I will never be God. And I don't want his job. I am. He is safe. You know what I'm saying? He has job security. I'm good. <laughs> and uh, uh, But it's like it's all because of him. But it's through me. Good. And so I have to distinguish that. Oh, where good. it's like, oh, you know, I understand it's through me. But it's because of him. And so, so just understanding that that we need to keep to keep that in check sometimes because people get into pride or they can get they can sometimes meaning well not even meaning to be in pride they start doing a works mentality thing and they're saying oh if I speak this enough if I confess this and they think it's because of their confession wow it's not because of your confession it's because of God it might be through your confession it's because of God yeah and so you cannot confess enough to make something happen you can confess and allow something to happen that's good but you can't confess enough to make it happen exactly. because it's not because of you it's because of God and so that's why we speak what the Holy Spirit tells us to speak mm. That's why we're constantly in one one communion and fellowship with him, because then we're we're like Jesus, only doing what we see our Father do and only saying what we see our Father say. So, uh, but I think that that line has to be drawn sometimes, where it's like, oh, it's because of God, always because of God, yeah, but through us. That's good, and uh, and that's 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 the partnership he always intends for us to walk in, and our design is there. And anything less than that is unnatural to us. That's good. Anything less than that, we will be frustrated in life. Wow. Because frustration comes when we know things should change and they're not changing. And uh, and it's because we're not designed to walk in a life that's not changing. We're designed to walk in a life where we have authority and we have submission to the power of God and the power of God is freely flowing through us. And so frustration is an indication that we're not walking in the authority we're supposed to. And uh, because we're not designed to be frustrated and we're not designed to live in a, in a, in a world that is less than heaven. And so when it, when it looks less than heaven, things should change. But uh, but we're we are the agents of that change because God is with us, not because you know we're you know something outside of Him. And and I, I think that this this um, and we'll probably get into this next time I guess maybe. But um, I think part of it is when you're talking about when you just kind of take the bull by the horns and realize that you're the agent of that change. This is not foreign to the world at all. Right. You know there are there there is podcasts right now going all day every day about about people motivating other people rightfully so to stop being victims in their life mm-hmm. to get up earlier read more exercise more you know what i'm saying they're, they're, they're telling people stop being a victim stop waiting for something to change and get it to change and so so even unrenewed unsaved humanity can make this work mm-hmm. this is not a principle that's outside of humanity it's good anybody saved or unsaved is making this work right now there's a lot of unsaved people out there that are stewarding something they're stewarding amazing things and they're they they, they stopped being a victim and they started initiating the change in their life mm-hmm. and that is a very uh common principle in in what, whatever you'd call it, overachievers or whatever. But there's a lot of books, a lot of podcasts out there saying that this principle is valid. The only difference right now is what are we stewarding? Because hmm. I don't want to just steward somebody to have a healthy lifestyle. I want heaven on earth. That's good. So I don't want to steward somebody just to make sure that their cholesterol is down. I want heaven. And so God didn't design us just to steward something that looks good to the earth. He wants us to steward something that looks f- foreign to the earth. He wants us to steward something that looks contradictory to the earth. He wants us to steward an invasion of heaven into the earth. So good. And so this is not just a motivational speech of saying, get up earlier and go jog. Yeah. You know, I'm not opposed to any of that. Not that I do it, but I'm not opposed (laughs) to it. (laughs) 
but uh, but I'm just saying I'm not opposed to any of those things. But if it's not if it's not getting heaven into the earth, it's a counterfeit. Wow. And um, and so the the principle is totally accurate. That's good. But the principle needs to be applied to heaven. That's right. And and actually stop making it about how much money we can make, how healthy we can be physically. Da 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 da. It's it and how how many Cadillacs we can have. Yeah. It's about how much heaven can we have in the That's earth. That's good. And so I think I, what we'll get into this, I guess maybe the next time we'll get into more uh, the steps of it and everything like that. But we need to wrap it up for today. All for, right. So anyway, praise God, Father. We thank you, Lord God, just for your goodness, and we thank you, Father, that that we are worthy and deserving of stewarding heaven into the earth. And we just thank you, Lord God, for discerning what that means in our lives every day. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Thanks for joining us today on Wisdom and Stuff. Don't forget to subscribe to get new updates and check out our podcast page on Podbean to find all our previous posts and full-length messages. We'll see you next time and have a blessed day.